Jamie. Matt, it's podcast 16. It is podcast 16. And not only is it podcast 16, it happens to be on the 12th night of Christmas. Oh, is that when you have to take your Christmas tree down? Yeah, we've got to take all the decorations down, I'm afraid. Well, it's a good job I didn't put one up. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. The Interplanetary Podcast. Putting the ace back into space. So we hope uh, all our listeners had a, a really ace uh, winter break. Absolutely, and Happy New Year. What are we chatting about today, Matt? Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Already there's been some great news out there in the old space front. There has. And, I, and the one that I really want to talk about is the Discovery Programme. Yes. This is eight asteroids in eight years. Exactly. Which is really exciting. So NASA has a, a thing called the, the uh, Discovery Programme. Uh-huh. Which is part of three sort of tiers of programs that they do: Discovery, New Frontiers, and Flagship. Nice. So obviously things like your flagship or your Mars rover and all your kind of big ticket items. Yeah, of course. Uh, but Discovery is kind of they're all capped at five hundred million. So you know that small change of half a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, that small sum. <laughs> and that doesn't. And that actually doesn't include launch costs or. Um, or sort of all the operational costs. This is just the sort of cost of the initial mission. Yeah, that's a fair way. <laughs> so, so uh, although it's you know it's the cheapest of the three, it's still pretty expensive. And there's been some ace missions. So what are the bare, what are the bare bones of it? So the bare bones is that 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 um, unlike the flagship ones, they kind of got that there's a specific reason for them. So they have to find out why the solar system, how the solar system formed and evolved. Yeah. Uh, is there life beyond Earth? Yeah. And what are the hazards to life on Earth? So, you know, it's... Well, it's, it's three pretty big bullet points, yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest. So, obviously, that that uh, is enormous. And it was one of the very first NASA programmes that required there to be an educational outreach uh, programme, too, as well, which was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so we know that they're... So we know that there was there were five original missions, and, and out of that five, two, one. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's it, it, this is the first time in, in in a while that there's been one of these kind of voting events to uh, yeah. find a mission, find the next mission. So yeah, they, there was five that they were looking at. Uh, do you know what those five were, Jamie? I do. The first one being the deep atmosphere Venus investigation of noble gases. Chemistry and imaging. I mean, it just rolls off the tongue well, instantly. What a coincidence that the acronym for that is Da Vinci. It's almost I like mean, they've worked uh, backwards. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> got to the end and they were like, we've got to add imaging. And they were like, really? So is, that was a, a, a chemical study of Venus's atmosphere, I believe. Matt, what was the second one? The Venus Emissivity Radio yeah. Science INSAR Topography and Spectroscopy Mission. See, now you know why I asked you to say that and not me. <laughs> and that's Veritas. Again, I can't help feeling that they work backwards on Definitely that. Definitely did work backwards. <laughs> and that- uh, Next one was the near-Earth object camera, or the NeoCam, uh, that would discover ten times more near-Earth objects than all NEOs discovered to date. Um, however, Ooh, yes. however yeah. the two that won, yeah. first one up uh, was Psyche, uh, that would explore the origin of planetary cores by studying the metallic asteroid psyche. And, uh, and finally, uh, the second winner being Lucy, uh, that would perform the first reconnaissance 
of the Jupiter Trojan asteroids. That is so cool, isn't it? And and these so cool. Uh, the Psyche one, I have to say, really, and, and well, they're, they're both amazing. They're both amazing projects. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? We, we seem to have a lot of missions to asteroids and not many to Venus, but the two Venus ones have been uh, poo-pooed in, on this occasion. I wonder yeah. if that means that NASA has a New Frontiers or flagship mission that they're thinking of to do Venus. I, I hope, so for I people so. who don't know much about it, I mean, let's go into it a little bit. So so it initially was called 16 Psyche, which was a, apparently the 16th minor planet to be discovered. Yeah, in 1852 by Italian astronomer Annibale di Gasparis. Good work, Annibale. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those who don't know, Psyche is the Greek mythological figure who married Cupid. Ah, yeah. it is very sweet. <laughs> it's quite... Although the mission's, it's a, it's the mission's less so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but, but, I, but how cool is Psyche? So Psyche is this enormous asteroid that's out in the asteroid mm. belt that looks like it's uh, the core of a planet that's be, that's had its kind of outer shell ripped off. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's a, basically an enormous piece of iron nickel. Now, it sounds like it might be pretty hot, am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 no. Well, no, well it, it if you were to but see this is one of the things that's really cool about it. If you yeah. basically people want to have a look at say the earth's core and see how that's kind of formed and what it looks like and, and study yeah. the Earth's core. But the Earth's core is, of course, 3,000 kilometres below us. And, yeah, and do, you know, do you know what the deepest tunnel ever dug is? Go on. 12 kilometres. You know, and wow. that is an unbelievable feat of engineering. So, and, the main, and the main reason is what? Well, because as, as you dig, things just collapse. You know, it's extremely difficult to have 12 mm. kilometres of rock above you. Uh, yeah. and, and if you got down to the Earth's core, the pressure would be three million times that of atmospheric pressure. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and, of course, it's 5,000 degrees centigrade there. So, basically, to go and study the Earth's core is, is an absolute no-go. So, Psyche is brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant opportunity to go and have a look at what the core of a, of a, of a planet might be like. Now, it's not guaranteed that it was a core of a planet, but it seems overwhelmingly likely, I think. So even though we're talking about something that is the innards, looks like it's the innards of a planet, mm-hmm. it's still massive. Oh, yeah. It's still absolutely massive, right? <laughs> it's huge. So it's 214 kilometres across and 181 kilometres across. So it's kind of oval, egg, eggy kind of shape. So it's not yeah. massive enough. Well, it, it's probably massive enough to turn itself uh, round over gravity, but it's so dense that it hasn't done so. Uh, and so it's un- unbelievably dense. So it's probably it's probably made of nickel iron, uh, which is what you make base strings out of, of course. Oh so, yes. So if you if you wanted to sort of set up a factory making base strings, it's probably a really really or guitar strings. Uh, oh, I tell you what, yeah. I mean, you know, to all you string companies out there, Didario, I think you de- I think you definitely need to get involved <laughs> in mining this. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, not only that. So the the iron nickel I worked out. Because there's 23 quintillion kilograms. Remember that? That's 23 billion billion kilograms of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, I reckon that's, that's worth uh, 2,530 billion billion dollars. 
<laughs> which is which is actually, I'm laughing because you can, how can you even fathom that much well, it's money? It's 2.5 septillion. And so we talked about this before we t- when, when a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about mining asteroids. Mm-hmm. We were interviewing uh was it who was it who who was saying, you know, yes, it might cost half a billion dollars it was, to get there and mine it, but if 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 you get if you get a billion dollars yeah. back then it's worth yeah, it yeah, right well, john john amabar was the was the person i mean that's right this, this is the mother load of metal for sure i mean yeah you know, once you got on this you, you'd never run out of metal again i mean there's way more accessible metal on on this than there is on the earth <laughs> so yeah it, it's it it, it would we obviously just need have, to harness it we just need to harness its power exactly just need to go out and get it of course uh, yeah, John Amabar's uh, point was the fact that you couldn't um, that that mining companies wouldn't want to do it until you incentivized it for them. So mm. sort of whoever got there first could basically say, "Right, psyche belongs to me." Boom, we're mining it. Yeah, or even a yeah. little bit of it, or just you know divide it up to some mining companies, which I think makes sense. Psyche, the actual. Uh, the mission, the mission for the yeah. uh, is this is this is going with a few different instruments. You've got the multispectral imager, which is a high nice. resolution imager. So that will go round, and that's two identical cameras that will be getting geological, compositional, topographical data. Yeah, uh, and the second camera is there for redundancy and for mission critical optical navigation. So it navigates okay. using these two uh, brilliant cameras. Uh, it's also got a gamma ray and neutron spectros- uh, spectrometer, which uh, standard, yeah, pretty standard. So that will uh, map its elemental composition uh, and uh, magnometer to measure its uh, magnetic field, of course. And there'll be loads of radio science going on that will sort of determine its structure and topography in a sort of very high precision. In uh, using the uh, information from the imager as well, so it's. Absolutely- I mean, if you haven't got one of these four things when in your briefcase when you're heading to work, uh, you know you really need to take a good hard look at yourself. Absolutely, and do you know what? what uh, the, one of the one of the things that I was really uh, loved about this uh, psyche mission is is the yeah. principal investigator Lindy Elkins Tanton, who uh, yeah. on the on the notes for this uh, particular podcast, I'll put a video of her talking about the mission before it was chosen. But uh, she is very, very inspirational person indeed. There's quite a few articles on the, on the internet about okay. her. It's, like, it's really good when you when you read about these people, and she's mm. she's a classic example. Just someone that's just so involved with science, and and uh, and has always been involved with science, and her and her career has taken her all over the place. So she's the director yeah. of school and earth and space exploration at the Arizona State University. Now it's worth mentioning the Arizona State University is involved in both missions chosen. Okay. So, uh, but she's so she's the director there. She's got BSc in geology, MS in geochemistry, PhD in geology, and she did a PhD while while being a single mum. By the way, <laughs> uh, all from yes. uh, MIT. So it's you know she's been a professor at MIT, impressive. research scientist at Brown. A lecturer at St Mary's in Maryland, so and she's twice named National Academy Science Cavalry Frontiers of Science Fellow, and she's also been awarded uh, Aster Fellow at the University of Oxford. So she's un, you know, absolutely genius. Wow, and not Lindy. only that, I mean, this is the one I'm really jealous of that she she's got an asteroid named after her, the eight two five two Elkins Tanton. Just how cool wow. is that? 
That is so cool. I mean, it sounds like she's spinning some serious science plates. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And the story that she uh, re- recounts on the video is that she went to a room called Left Field, which is, which is quite cool. And, uh, we, we know the drummer okay. from Left Field, don't we? Uh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, called Left Field, uh, uh, and that's at JPL. And uh, this room's full of post-it notes and bits of Lego and stuff like that. And it's where people go to um, discuss the next mission and sort of design them. I love that. And the last one that had been in there was Maven, I think. And uh, all the sort of post-it notes were all lying around the table, which I think amused her somewhat. (laughs) I love that it's post-it. It comes down to post-it notes and Lego. (laughs) That makes me feel so much better. I definitely mention Jim Bell, because he's the professor at School of Earth and Science again at ASU. And he's on both missions. But so, nice. So that's cool. So Lucy. Let's speak about Lucy. Yeah, give us the lowdown. So Lucy is a robotic spacecraft uh, which will visit target-rich environment of Jupiter's mysterious Trojan asteroids. <sighs> Scheduled to launch in October 2021, the spacecraft is slated to arrive at its first destination, the main asteroid belt, in 2025. Then, from 2027 to 33, Lucy will explore six Jupiter Trojan asteroids. Wow, this is super cool. It is super cool. Just so you know what a, tro- a Trojan asteroid is, um, mm. we, we've talked about Lagrange points before on, uh, on the podcast, but just a quick That's lowdown right. of a Lagrange point. Say if you've got the Earth and the Moon. Somewhere in between the Earth and the Moon, there is a point where the gravity pulling you towards Earth is the same as the gravity pulling you towards the Moon. And that's known, that's as, it. it's known as a Lagrange point. And there's various Lagrange points around the Earth. Uh, um, that's the most obvious one, and there's ones obviously relating to the Sun, etc., etc. Now, Jupiter has two Lagrange points, L4 and L5, where all yeah. these asteroids uh, that are going round seem to sit so one lies 60% ahead, 60 degrees ahead of the planet, and the other was 60 degrees behind. And they orbit along with Jupiter on its 12-year circuit around the sun. Mm. Uh, and the, the Trojans are a relic of the early solar system, so they're very, very interesting things to go and have a look at. And what's, Absolutely. Yeah, and what's re- what I find really, really interesting is that uh, they come in families just like the asteroids. You'd expect them all to be the same sort of material. So there might be lots and lots and lots of different reasons why these things form. That's really interesting. And I guess we should talk about Max Wolf, who was the German astronomer that discovered them. Yeah, that was 1906. He, he discovered the very first one, 588 Achilles. Wow. So since then, there's been 6,178 uh, catalogued, I believe, but it looks like uh, that. <laughs> in terms of the total number of Jupiter Trojans, larger than a kilometre in di- diameter, there's about a million. Oh, wow! So, and a, a, a one over one kilometre in 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 diameter, which is about That's... the same as asteroids over one kilometre in the asteroid belt. So, this is an amazing. You know, chunk of the solar system. I was I was about to say that's a lot of base strings, but do we know what Trojans are made well, of primarily? Like, I, like I said, they, they they're from all different types of families. So some of them are metallic, okay. some of them are, are condorite. I think or I think that's the word. Uh, so they're stony asteroids. Snow. Some some of them might even be sort of uh, comet-like uh, asteroids. Snowy, watery. Yeah. 
bodies. We just uh, we don't we won't know. I mean, this is one of the great things about Lucy going out there to to have a look. Let's go and find out. Yeah. By the way, when I say let's go and find out, I don't think that me and you personally should go and find out. As much as we would be, you know, motivated, I don't think. I think we should leave it to the experts. <laughs> oh, don't be silly! Come on, Jamie, we can do it. <laughs> just say no. Earth, Earth can obviously have the same Lagrange points as Jupiter. So yeah. um, there's there's actually they've managed to find a Earth Trojan. Okay. Yeah, not to be confused with what people refer to as Earth's second moon, which is the 2016 HO3. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Earth does have its own Trojan that uh, to, that wanders round uh, that wanders round uh, with it. Uh, but there's probably more. But there's only been one discovered at the moment. Okay. Guy in charge of this mm. one is a guy called Harold F. Hal Levison. Okay. And and he's quite famous anyway because he was the one that really was arguing for the distinction between dwarf planets. And the other eight planets. So he's one of the ones that demoted Pluto. Oh. Down. Although well, he was using different terms. I like the, I like his terms. Unterplanet and Uberplanet. I mean, that is, they're, they're cool words and all, but I, I can't help but feel some negativity towards Hal. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on Pluto's side. Yeah, particularly after we've seen how amazing Pluto is exactly. with all that data coming in from New Horizons. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? So, um... His his other achievement is writing a piece of software called Swift, yeah, which um, which solves planetary equations of motions for billions of years. Wow! <laughs> so, okay, so, so he, he's a pretty smart cookie. Yeah. So he, in his words, because the Trojans are remnants of the primordial material that form the outer planets, they hold vital clues to deciphering the history of the solar system. Lucy, like the human fossil which it is named after, will revolutionise the understanding of our origins. So they, I like that, that. That's where it gets its num- name from, Lucy, because it's part of our... Um, yeah, that's a good quote. I tell origins. you what, you should also, listeners, go to our blog because there's a picture of Hal and he's got a pretty epic beard. He's epic beard. It's really epic good. Beard. Yeah, He could live in Shoreditch with that beard. <laughs> he definitely could. <laughs> he definitely could. So, yeah, that's going to launch in 2021. So, yeah, that, nice. it's exciting, isn't it? So lots of exciting stuff going on there. And I love the Trojans. I, I, I want to read more about the Trojans, and I want to discover more Earth Trojans. That's what Absolutely. I, I mean, I just... Uh, I love the stats from these asteroids. I mean, the size and the, and, and the figure of, of, of money that... Of of the of how much the metals on them cost. I mean, it's just insane, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. It just makes you realise how expensive getting into space is. The fact that they they've been left untouched. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, mining on mining on Earth is expensive, really expensive. And I mean, <laughs> imagine taking that but doing it in orbit. I mean, oh wow. God. <laughs> It'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? The mind boggles. So, shall we go on to some uh, more astro uh, news? Yeah, let's do other it. Other stuff that's going on, man. Let's do it, dude. Uh, one of the other big news that NASA announced also this week was that they're going uh, the two, the next two crew members for the International Space Station. Yes, absolutely. So there's uh, Andrew Feustel. Nice. He'll go up in March 2018. Uh huh. He's he's a he's a veteran. He's yeah. been up on the space shuttle. In fact, he was one of the people that uh, fixed the Hubble telescope. Oh wow! Good work, yes. Andrew. <laughs> so he's 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 a legend. So obviously, anything when you look up Andrew Feustel, you go, oh, this this guy's this guy ridiculous. 
you know, he's got a bachelor's degree in, in earth sciences, master's degree in geophysics. geophysics. Who hasn't? Yeah. Everyone's got yeah. that. And he's got a doctorate Stop in geophysical sciences. And he's been into space three or four times. Yeah, it's pretty now, good. Uh, now, an, an extra special one is uh, Jeanette Epps, who was born in Syracuse, New York. And she is a PhD in aerospace engineering, another uh, annoying uh, <laughs> overachiever. Yeah. And she worked at the Ford Company, worked for the CIA. Uh, so she she's uh, and she qualified to become an astronaut astronaut in 2011, and she will be the first African American space station crew member in May 2018. That's so awesome. That's, that's really so that's gonna great. Be, that's going to be pretty groundbreaking. That's really great. Good and work. she actually tell you what she also did. She she was on the Aquarius underwater laboratory in wow. the Nemo 18 missions that oh, I love NASA it. do. Yeah, which are, which are sort of underwater training missions for the astronauts. Incredible. Uh, well, good luck, guys. No, no, genius. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool news. And also, they selected another mission to study black holes. Which is the IXPE, the X-ray polarimeter explorer. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, which is three space telescopes. Did three you hear them. that electric? Yeah, three space. Stuff. Hear that electric guitar? I did hear that electric guitar. I thought yeah. I'd just let it slide. Excuse, <laughs> excuse the pun. I think yeah, you know, it's people. People are getting excited and just breaking well, out you know, the guitars. If, if you're talking about you know studying black holes, you need a guitar riff. Uh, absolutely. Maybe you need we can that. pretend this is the, the backing music to our uh, what's else in the news section. Um, and NASA also have awarded SpaceX and Boeing a few more uh, mission, crew rotation missions. Oh, good. Which is a bit peculiar, being that they've neither of them managed to do one yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. They've, got, they've got four additional missions. Yeah. Shami Chattery of the Cornell University. Yeah. Uh, published a work which basically they found the source of a very fast radio burst uh, that's being put down as one of these kind of wow signals it might be aliens so they've found so they've managed to pinpoint where it's coming from and it's coming from a dwarf galaxy yeah Um, uh, so you know the media does get very very (laughs) alien heavy as soon as there's some kind of radio burst don't they yeah If, if it might be aliens it's not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my the, rule of thumb. That's, that's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, SpaceX, they're tr- going to try and launch in three days' time on January the 8th, uh-huh. um, uh, which is the Iridium Next satellites. So uh, so it's going to be ten satellites. Yeah. So they're all sort of stacked up in the fairing at the moment, waiting to go off from Vandenberg nice. on January the 8th. So I don't know if that's been put back yet, uh, but we'll see. Well, let's check uh, that. Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you who else has been very, very busy. is the Chinese. Oh, what have they been up to? Well, they, they've, uh, they've released a kind of uh, a press release saying what they're going to be doing over the next, um, you know, five years. And it's yeah. very, very impressive. And to most people, the Chinese don't ever say stuff that they're not going to do. So yeah, that's true. If you read through what they're going to do, it's 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 going to be pretty impressive. And they're, they're going to, for a start off, they're going to try and do thirty space launches in two thousand and seventeen. Wow! So bearing in mind that uh, Russia. Well, what America, was the maximum we had this year? 
I think 23. 23 was, uh, was 23 with America. And 22 if you don't include the blown-up um, Falcon 9. That's right. So, yeah, so, so 30 is going to wow. take them into a different league. They've thrown um, the gauntlet down, Matt. They certainly have. And they're also sending a lunar probe uh, to, go, to, to go to the moon and sample return mission. Nice. So that's pretty big. Um, it's going to send up its first ever cargo spacecraft to the uh, the Shangzhou One. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and that's going to obviously rendezvous with uh, the Heavenly Palace Tiangong Two space yeah. lab. Uh, so, and they're going to test out automated refueling technologies. That's very the cool. Plans of their future space station. So that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's very cool. But wow. not only China have been busy. India are extremely busy as as well. What's going on? <laughs> so India um, have announced that they're going to be launching 103 satellites on their next polar <laughs> wow. space launch vehicle. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, that's pretty one, cool. One isn't it? or two. Okay. And they were going to launch 83 at the end of January, but uh, <laughs> amazing. But they but someone said, "Oh no, it's all right. Um, we'll we'll give you another 20." To, to add on to that, uh, if you wait a second. So they waited, and uh, now they're going to take off in February, but that's 103 satellites in February in one wow. go. That's which amazing. Obviously a, which is obviously a record. Oh, I was going to say, uh, well, I wonder what the most is before that. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I think it is the Indian one earlier this year, wasn't it? Which was something like 26 or something right. like that. Right, incredible. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, the, the, there's a principal payload, the Cartasat 2D, uh, but everything else is, I think, is micro satellites. Mm. So yeah, that's really cool. And not only that, uh, the Indians have been talking a lot about uh, that they're thinking of going after after they've gone. They've been to Mars, of course, but it looks like they're going to be sending stuff out to Venus and then on to Jupiter. So they're really, really busy. Amazing. And uh, they're also going to fly their GSLV Mark III for the first time. Oh, glory. So that that should be really exciting. <laughs> so the Indians are, are are also doing some pretty exciting stuff. Well, people need to keep up with China and India. Come on, yeah. Where you at? So, Where you at? <laughs> so and there's on the tenth, we've got a Japanese launch of the uh, of an SS five twenty four rocket, which is basically a a uh, sounding rocket, but it's carrying a little cube set up. Yeah. So that's that should be pretty cool. Nice. So I tell you, yeah, I that's tell it. I think I think I, that's been a pr- pretty busy week uh, uh, for space again. I love the Psyche mission. What about you, Jamie? What's oh, your favourite? So good. I do love that. I think Lucy is fantastic as well. I will tell you who else we've missed out, Matt. We should mention. What? We should mention uh, Carl Sagan. Oh no, Carl Sagan. So Carl Sagan. I saw this quote, and I thought that it was so, so poignant for today's times that I. Uh, that do you want to read it out, or do you, or should I? Let's share it in two. I'll start the first bit. Okay, Here we you go. Start first bit. We've arranged a global civilization in which most crucial elements profoundly depend on science and technology. We have also arranged things so that almost no one understands science and technology. This is a prescription for disaster. Yeah, I worry that pseudoscience and superstition will seem year by year more tempting. The siren song of unreason more sonorous and attractive where have we heard it before 
Whenever our ethnic or national prejudices are aroused in times of scarcity, during challenges to national self-esteem or nerve, or when fanaticism is bubbling up around us, then habits of thought familiar from ages past reach for the controls. The candle flame gutters, its little pool of light trembles, darkness gathers. The demons begin to stir. I mean, it's, some, it's incredible. It's like something from Star Wars, but actually real. And completely relevant. The, the, the solace that I got from it was that the, the, the feelings that we have at the moment are the feelings way back 20, you know, this, that was written 25 years ago. Or yeah, probably absolutely. More. And you think these things come around every now and then. So That's true. You know, uh, listeners, thank you very much for listening. And, and if you've got any questions, please send them in. Actually, I'm, I, I will nod uh, to a listener called uh, uh, Dick Wall. Oh yeah, who uh, who sent? Who was the person that sent me the uh, radio astronomy burst article? Oh, nice one. Uh, yeah, let's have yeah, some more so of those. Thank you very much. So, more sending that more in, and please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a lovely review. Hit that subscribe. Would really, really it help. really helps. So, if you've listened to this, enjoyed it, pop us a review and a nice five star. That'd be genius. That, yeah. or, or whatever star you, you think's appropriate. We'll read the reviews and, and we'll act accordingly. If you do all that, which will take two <laughs> minutes of your life, we promise that we'll get you a slice of pie that's almost been into space. <laughs> i tell you what, we, we should do some competitions. We'll do some competitions this year and send out some, some, proper, some proper stuff. Yeah, let's do that. So watch out for that. I mean, we've been skin and, uh, flints in, in 2016. 2017 is the year of generosity. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and we've got some really good interviews coming up this week, month, I should say. Yeah. So in the next two or three podcasts, we'll try and do a couple of interviews a month with super space experts. Uh, so yeah, keep your ears peeled out. Keep them peeled, uh, Okay, thank you very much for joining us. See you next See week. You soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.